Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back to Homeschool Together. Today we're going to be talking about part six of our curriculum series and the all about reading curriculum, the reading curriculum um, that we've discussed actually in the past few episodes. We've mentioned it as a supplementary uh, curriculum that we've been doing on top of our pre-K curriculum. So today we're going to be talking about that. But before we begin, we want to make sure that everybody is joining us on Facebook, our Facebook group. Homeschool Together Podcast, and also following us on Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast. And if you could, by chance, leave us a review, that'd be wonderful. So today we're going to talk about the supplementary curriculum called All About Reading. And this is something we've been doing, gosh, for about almost about three months now. Basically from the beginning of the corona pandemic, we've actually been doing this. Mm-hmm. So I've had a a lot of experience with this. This is something I've been implementing on my side. It does not require as much planning. So in the past, Ariel's talked a lot about the planning that she does using Trello and a lot of the deep knowledge of of the prior curriculums. This is actually something, you know, we we decided to purchase it over, I think Logic of English was the other one that we looked at. Yeah, that was another option. That's the one that's recommended by Torchlight. We had done a little bit of the logic of English uh, letter sounds in Mm -hmm. Torchlight Pre-K. And our daughter did not connect at all with the multimedia, which is a a bigger part of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Additionally, they have handwriting, uh, either cursive or manuscript. And we're actually going to be doing Danelian handwriting, which Mm -hmm. is, if our listeners want to look it up, it's a little bit different. It's kind of like a manuscript with some extra flair so that you could it's kind just of like con- a print cursive almost. So it's it's like a prettier manuscript and you're just one step away from adding connections and then it would be cursive. We just wanted something a little bit more a little prettier for the handwriting. So anyway, and we're not really a cursive family. We I tend to print yeah. a lot and I think you print as well. So we just wanted something that if they wanted to you know, their their grandmother is writes in cursive pretty exclusively and she has beautiful handwriting and our older daughters commented on that. So if they wanted to, we use Danelian, then it would be easier for them to pick up cursive if they want to. Anyway, all this is to say that there would have been a part of the logic of English curriculum that we wouldn't have used. So we looked into this as an alternative and it had great reviews. Uh, and the other piece of this, the other reason we went with this above Logic of English is that it does actually have physical letter tile manipulatives. Mm-hmm. And because our daughter is more of a kinesthetic learner, we felt that that would work out better for her. And, we, you know, before we kind of dive into this, there may be some negativity you may hear in the way I'm talking about the curriculum or talking about reading. But I do want to make sure that a lot of the challenges that I've had with reading have been because I've been trying to adapt 
a curriculum or learning style, learning to the style of my learner. And so the biggest challenge that I've had is not necessarily with the curriculum per se. It is more where trying to find that middle ground where I can teach her how to read without losing control of the situation or, or losing control, losing, having her lose interest in reading. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things is she is so into books. It's unbelievable how into books she is. And she just wants to read so bad and we can see it. And she tells us all the time she wants to read. And so for us, you know, obviously above all the other curriculums, you know, going forward in life, you know, until she's a hundred years old and has 5 million grandkids, great grandkids, <laughs> great grandkids, you know, learning to read is the most important thing that anybody can do at any time in their life. So more than any curriculum that you can choose out there, learning to read is probably the not only the biggest hurdle. Personally, for me, it's been actually very surprising. You, know, you take it for granted how easy it is to read, how easy it is to do math. But these are very deeply complex skills to learn. It's probably the most difficult thing that she'll learn. And it's the most important thing that she'll learn because it just opens up every door for her on the planet. You know, she can read anything. Once you can learn to read, you can learn anything. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this is kind of a cornerstone thing. This has been kind of a personal goal for both her and I Mm -hmm. this year is to learn to read. She expressed that she wanted to do that. And for me, I run into a lot of challenges with it. And they have been mainly around her learning style, which has been the biggest challenge that I've had to learn and actually had to overcome as the teacher. And, you know, we've always said that this podcast is not going to be all roses and sunshine. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to lay our, our, our faults, you know, in front of you and tell you what we've done wrong so that if you encounter the same thing, then maybe you'll be able to approach it in a different way. And I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie and say, I, I have failed twice very hard trying to teach her how to read. First time was about, about a year ago. Maybe yeah, bit, that, that was difficult. We got kind of caught up in the keeping up with the Joneses. Not that we realized it, but she had a, yeah. a best friend that she'd grown up with since she was a what she was like three months old. The, yeah. the girls have been together. They're only five weeks apart in age. And this other little girl was basically like sitting down. Yeah. She had a reading program and she started to learn to read and she loved it. And she, But she's a very very happy workbook child. She's really good with that. And we were like, yes, we're going to teach our daughter to read too because she also loves books and she'll do great at this. And it was like an abject failure. It was because I think at that time I didn't have a very good understanding of learner styles. She also wasn't ready. And she was also wasn't ready. And, you know, there's a lot of homeschooling families out there who will say, well, your reader wasn't ready and you went in the wrong direction. And maybe I'll try to talk a little bit about that today and how I've I've found ways to overcome that challenge. Some people would say, well, just hold back and maybe wait a year. And we kind of did. And we did, we basically. Pulled back. And I started with, I did some research and I found this famous book called Teach Your Child to Read in 100 Lessons. You know, great clickbaity title there. But it's got, I think, 5,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. an unbelievably popular book. And I said, hey, let's get a start. You know, let's go into that. And it did not go well, just to be honest. <laughs> it did not go well. It did not go well. And, you know, with fail- failures at this age, it's very rare. It's almost, you know, let's be honest, it's not the child's fault at this age when something doesn't go right. It's more often your fault. And I had to kind of come to grips with that, that I failed as a teacher. And that's okay, right? We're going to make mistakes. We're going to come back. We're going to learn from our mistakes and, and do it again. So, you know, we gave it a year, almost a year. And then we went ahead and started the All About Reading. And we'll go into a little bit more depth about the program. But 
again, I started the program and I kind of lapsed back into that same type of mentality of, okay, we've got to do the lesson. It's going to take 20 to 30 minutes. And she just wasn't connecting with that. And it felt like I was, you know, walking through the mud and I couldn't get through anything. And she was shutting down and we were kind of fighting a little bit and it wasn't fun for her. It wasn't fun for me. And I kind of had to step back and go, oh my gosh, I'm doing this again. I'm making this mistake. <laughs> but this time I knew the I knew the mistake because I had seen it before. And I said, okay, well, how can I, knowing what I know now, you know, that she's a, more of a kinesthetic learner and she needs to be very much entertained when she's learning something that's challenging. And she also runs into this problem where she, I, I was joking with Ariel earlier that she's kind of like a ship and she lists in one direction and she lists in the other direction. Those two, two directions are, I'm extremely bored and I'm going to shut down, or this is way too hard, and I'm shutting down. And a lot of times I have to feel like I'm keeping the ship afloat when I get into something that is fundamentally new like this, like a reading or a math. And I've really had to learn the techniques on how to manage her emotions and keeping it right in her wheelhouse so that we can go and sail out. And I, I, I said, it, I felt like I, I was a ship going through <laughs> the Panama Canal, and that I have an inch of clearance on both sides. And if I touch each side, it's over. That's how somehow, that's sometimes how it feels. But, you know, we can, I'll go into a little bit later how I have overcome a lot of these problems and have really taken this curriculum and kind of, you know, bent it and twisted it and molded it to what I feel is working really, really well right now. And like, just use today as an example, literally today, you know, she ran downstairs she was reading a word she wanted to show to you. She was over the moon. Yeah, she, was she so bursted excited. right in on my morning meeting with yeah, my team. And but she was that. super excited about the word. I think this is what, what we you're talking about this listening. Mm -hmm. This is exactly uh, one of the topics that Julie Bogart covers in the Brave Learner. If you haven't gotten that book, get that book. It's great. Uh, but she talks about this balance between challenging your learner and letting them enjoy mastery. So. It's really difficult for her because if she's not challenged enough, she gets really bored. But if she's too challenged, then it, she shuts down. Mm -hmm. Finding that middle balance is is important. And I think, I guess why I'm bringing it up is it's not just going to be in this. It's going to be no, in anything that challenges her. We found the same thing with her dance. And I've seen similar problems with the math as well. Not She's right. she's way more interested in the math. She's... It's a, it's a little bit easier for her. Mm -hmm. And she, maybe she gets that from my side is that, you know, math and science was always very easy for me. You know, reading and writing was not always my strong point. So I, I kind of empathize with her in that, in that respect, but I've had to even pull in a lot of these techniques and a lot of these methodologies into the math curriculum as well, where I have found I'm able to not, I don't want to use the word pull her through, but help guide her through these lessons in a fun, entertaining, and compelling way where she is retaining what she's learning and being able to move forward and develop these new skills. So let's get into it a little bit. So the approach of All About Reading is very simple. It's a mastery curriculum. So very simply, you have to master what you've got before you can move on. And this is where that initial frustration can come in when you hit that first lesson and all of a sudden it slows way down. And you know, I was telling Ariel the other day, you know, we've heard sometimes some people say, well, you can learn all the math you ever need to know in about 12 weeks, but you that's at 100% retention. 
<laughs> right. You know, and we always think back like, how did we learn how to read and write math? And, and it took 12 years. Well, you know, whenever you're learning something, you're only going to retain a certain portion of it, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got to come back and learn it again or in a different way. You know, reading is just like this, right? Where you got to come at it multiple times in different in different avenues, in different ways before you actually begin to master something. And then that allows you to move on. Whenever you're going through like a mastery program, like all about reading, it's very, very important that you're mastering each and every step along the way, whether it's, you know, learning this letter or knowing how to read these sets of letters or knowing these techniques of how to sounding out words. You got to know these skills to move forward. Otherwise, your learner is going to be behind. And so this is a mastery program that does incorporate a lot of hands-on tools. Um, these little letter tiles with magnets on the back, we put it on our whiteboard so you can move them around and respell words and, and really get your hands into it. And we found that to be very helpful. Um, alternately, there yeah. is an app, that, an app yes. that you could use with these. So if your learner is going to respond better to moving tiles around on the app to make words and things, that's also included when you purchase the program. Yeah. So the structure of the program is that there's a main manual and then there's also a student workbook, kind of like an activities book. Um, you're also getting cards. And there's like a couple, of, there's a book that has a bunch of short stories in it so that as you learn these new words or you, as you learn your new letters, you can now begin to read new stories. And a lot of people, if you've had experience with Bob books, you'll know kind of what we're talking about, these simple one word sentences or yeah, two they're, word they're, sentences. I mean, let's be honest, they're lame. The all about reading ones are, I mean, they're they're not great. The Bob books, uh, Bob Mac, books aren't even that great. Max sat on Sam. Sat, sat. I mean, yeah, once she, you're she's asked earlier, me a couple of times, why is Sam sitting on Matt? Right. Dot had <laughs> had a dog. Yeah. The dog had a rag hat. You know, Max sat on the rag. They're they're honestly abysmal. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they only know a few letters, so I think they've done their best with them. They've done their but best, but they're you know they're gonna be lame. And our daughter is used to we read to her a ton, a lot of books, and we we read a lot of really interesting books to her. And I think I think for her, she's like, Ugh. these are lame. So one of the things we did do is we ordered the Usborne first reader library which has a, a side of the page that the adult will read and then the kid reads the other side of the page that has all the simple words so that at least the whole story would be a little bit more interesting when we get that we'll definitely give a review of it on the show because i'm pretty excited it's being shipped from the uk so it's not going to be here for a few weeks but i mean in general for all of these programs whatever books you get i mean they're lame <laughs> let's it's, just be honest they're and lame. it is hard to motivate the kid i mean how many times can you read about the I think he's a weasel or an No, otter. no, he's a ferret. He's a ferret. Tap, named, tap. Named Bam. Bam, tap, bam, tap, tap, tap bam. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh that was the whole thing. It's mind melting. but And she knows it too. And, and she does. And she's memorized it. So <laughs> you, Once she gets like a little bit further, yeah. it'll be easier. Yeah. But yeah, right now she's not too many lessons in and that's part of it. So what does a lesson look like? So, you know, the first initial lessons are very simple. They, they introduce the, the, new, the letters of the week. Very often it's about three to four letters. They come with these really nice uh, perforated cards that you print off. We keep them in kind of a index card box. And they also include about six to maybe a dozen words that are spelled from those letters. They introduce one vowel. Um, the first few lessons are just all around the letter A and, and all the various letters, the words that you can spell with the letter A. 
And we should preface that we're doing all about reading level one, Mm -hmm. which assumes that there is a pre-reading level. So it goes from pre-reading to level four. Uh, We're in level one. Pre-reading is just that you know your letters. And there's a few other little things. And and our daughter... Like that you know that words rhyme. And there's a couple of things. Yeah. And our daughter like tested through that. So she was ready. Right. And I had already tried. She's... She had already had some, you know, experience with the phonetics when we start, you know, when I started that year ago. So she was already like aware that letters have sounds and all that type of stuff. So she was, you know, she was a good point. It was a good Mm -hmm. point to start. So basically introduce a letter. They help you learn the sound. The reader has to, the learner has to, you know, as they go through, they have to review those sounds. They have to master those sounds to be able to see them as you go through they also do primitive word play, word spelling, some uh, very simple sounding out, kind of moving through the letters. There tends to be an activity and maybe a short story. They also focus on reading comprehension. You know, they'll either give you the passage or you can read something to your learner. And then you ask them, you know, what did I read? What, what was the content of what I was reading? So they want to kind of bring out that active literacy mm-hmm. is kind of what they're asking for there. So I would say to do a full lesson from start to finish, if you had like a robotic child who could handle it, it might take you about an hour to run through the whole thing, Mm -hmm. study every word, do every action. For my learner, again, this was the second time I failed in reading as I realized that she just cannot give me 20 minutes. She can't give me 15 minutes. So to do a lesson would take about a week, even if I broke it up into about a 15 minute chunk and then we would have to do this drilling aspect. And she really just does not resonate with, okay, here's a word, sound it out. Here's another word, sound it out. Here's another word, sound it out. And then just keep repeating that over and over again. Or even just playing with like the tiles and spelling words. Okay, what word is this? Move letters. Now what is this word? You know, that type of thing just didn't resonate very well with her. And I don't think this is a criticism of the curriculum. I think this is more in line with her style and her age she's you know she's almost five now and so this entire thing Mm -hmm. is a is a balance between the curriculum and the fact that our daughter is desperate to read so we're trying matthew's desperately and and i think doing a really good job Mm -hmm. despite kind of some of the stuff we've talked about some of the negative things and challenges you've had you're doing a really good try job trying to help her reach her goal Mm -hmm. she she is desperate to read these books and you know, she's been really proud to every time we read a book she she will sound out anything that she thinks she can and she's really proud about that so you know you're coming up against some of these walls but you're really helping her reach her goal and it's making it's making her happy that she's reaching she, she's achieving new levels and there are some opinions out there that would say you know maybe you should hold off a little bit longer but i, I she keeps coming back to me wanting this and so yeah, it's, it's a challenge and so th- this is the challenge I, you know this is a challenge that any of us as learners as homeschooling parents, we're going to run into these problems, whether it's, you know, reading now or if it's, you know, learning to spell words or maybe even some history thing or, you know, enjoying some other, I don't know, nature-based thing or getting outside or who knows what it is. You're always going to run into challenges. So you can either stop, pause, wait for the, the re, you know, the learner to be ready for this, or you can maybe see if you can meander your way through and find a path, you know, through the swamp, right? That works for them. That works for them. And so I just wanted to go into a little bit of the changes that after I failed the second time, I stopped. I took a little bit of a break. I let her kind of just relax. I continued with our regular curriculum. And then I came back to this. And I, I said, I'm going to approach this as fun, as entertaining, and as pleasing to her learning style as I possibly can. And this required me to go out. And I told Ariel, you know, 
I'm using the curriculum and I'm using the lessons as kind of a skeleton and I'm not deviating. I'm doing everything that's in the lesson, but I'm, I'm packing on 60% more because my learner likes it when I come at it, these problems from multiple different ways. And I kind of had the analogy of like kind of a prize fighter where I'm softening up my opponent to, you know, eventually break through whatever sticking point I have. And for me, the big sticking point right now is the sounding of the words, the blending of sounds. It's Mm -hmm. something that's a big challenge for her. And then keeping her focused all the way through the word, getting to that last, you know, these are three letter words. Right. She's really good on those first two. First two, she's really good on just getting her to the end. And it's been a sticking point for a while. So I've had to come at it from multiple different ways. So the first thing that I did is that I realized that the lessons are very big. And you'll notice this when you get the book or if you get into this curriculum that the lessons are long, not, you know, terribly long, but you will want to break these up into pieces naturally. Whether you're doing one lesson a week or one lesson every few days, you cannot do an entire lesson in one day and have a learner at like four or five, six years old. It's just a lot. It's a lot to ask of them to sit there for that long to do that. And now they don't recommend have, that you do that either. Yeah, I think they, they recommend breaking it up. And yeah. they do have it in subsections. So there are nice breakpoints mm-hmm. for you to be able to do. But you obviously have to balance what you may have a learner that likes to sit and do book work. And that's great. Right. We just don't have that. And so I've had to <laughs> I've had to go and modify the, the schedule. So the first thing that I did is I said, okay, I'm going to break this up. But I'm going to break it up even more than what they suggest us to do. And I really kind of developed this idea of micro lessons. These are small, short lessons, five, 10 minutes long that I can sprinkle in through our normal homeschool day, whether it's at the beginning or at the end. So a lot of times I start doing these more intensive learning sessions with her when I've put the little one down for her morning nap. I will come back to my older learner and I will say, okay, let's do a quick reading lesson, five minutes. And this could be very simple as let's review the cards and let's try one one word. Boom, done. Now let's go do something else. And then I'll come back 30, 40, 50 minutes later and say, let's do another quick lesson. And so in that long period of time, I've gotten two little micro lessons and I've covered a segment or a section or I've been able to review the words or I've been able to attack a very, a very narrow problem that she has, whether it's, say, sounding words out or blending this word, or learning the difference between B and D, you know, being able to hit those those learning elements. I found that breaking things into micro lessons really, really helped. And this may be useful to other aspects, and I've begun to do this in the math lesson as well, where I found that she could handle a long math lesson, where I could break the math lesson into two pieces and be able to complete the math, math lesson. And stay tuned to the next episode where we talk about our, you know, Right start yeah. math that we've been doing, and I'll right. I'll be able to review that as well and talk a lot about what we do. But I've been able to do this there as well, where I do these micro lessons, and it's been really really positive. Where I I'm able to take her momentum, or I'm able to say we're going to read this book next, and then we'll do a reading lesson once the reading lesson is done, and I can get her through it. Also, being able to kind of set how much work she's going to be doing, like hey, we're going to do these two words. That's it. Let's get through it. I know you can do it. Be really positive. And boom, I get through it. Great. You know, because I got to learn 12 words. If I can do two words at a time over the span of like, say, two weeks, and I've actually extended the lessons out from one week to two weeks Mm -hmm. to give myself even more time. So I've got 10 days and I do about one to two micro lessons a day. And across that time period, I'm able to get her excited about reading where I don't lose 
her interest. I'm able to marshal her forward to learn the things that she wants to learn. This has been a great win for me where I've been able to get through a lot of the challenges, like a lot of the back and forth, the emotional, the losing her interest problems. I've been able to overcome that. Another thing that I've been able to do is, you know, incorporating that kind of Socratic method into the reading where I've been doing a lot of quizzing. I also do a lot of teacher student flipping where all of a sudden I tell her, okay, for the next five minutes, you're the teacher. And I want you to teach me this word. And she gets so excited, like her eyes, Mm -hmm. like go wide. I'm going to talk about anime manga wide. And she is so excited to be able to teach me how to read. And I do this when I know I'm hitting a topic where she's kind of bored, but she's not showing me that she knows it. And it gets her excited about teaching me this topic. And that's been very positive. Also, being able to do in that teacher student swap a lot of times i pretend to be the student that's making errors and she gets the opportunity to correct my errors Mm -hmm. and that has been a great way for her to kind of reinforce the learning through being the teacher it's also balancing for her right because when she reads something and it's incorrect you know, you're trying to be positive about it. Oh, honey, that was really close. Uh, let's just look at this last letter. And she really shuts down mm-hmm. on the fact that she didn't get it right on the first try. Yeah, so you're she... modeling this behavior to her as well that, oh, I didn't get it right. And then she goes, and she even says this, she goes, it's okay. I've done this with her too. Oh, it's okay. It's okay, mommy. You don't have to get it right in the first try. Let me help you. And so she's she's kind of parroting that back and, and you're modeling being you know, not upset about it. Yeah, I'm a little upset. I I, I play being upset about not knowing it. And then she helps coach me to be more positive. And then I get positive and then I make the mistake and then I look at her and then now I'm modeling good behavior and I want to do this again. I want to learn this. I I don't want to stop. I want to do this where I'm modeling this behavior, Mm -hmm. trying to teach her, her, trying to teach her that, you know, don't get down, get positive, power through it. You're smart enough to know how to do this. You can do it. Let's do it. And just modeling that behavior. These are kind of the things that I've had to do to kind of keep her interest in these little micro lessons Mm -hmm. to power her through. Also, another thing that I've been doing is a lot of kinesthetic movement. So I'll print words out and I will do hunt and finds, whether it's, you know, go and hunt around the room, look for this word. And I'll be saying the word like jam. I need jam. And there's like three or four words out there. And she's got to look at it and go, okay, which one starts with ja, ja. And then she's got to go find it. Maybe I'll have jar and jam and she'll bring me a word and say, "Uh, that's not the word. She'll put it back and I go, what's wrong? I go jam and she'll go, oh, it's not, mm, it's, it's er, you know, Mm -hmm. and then she'll go and find the right word. A lot of hunt and finds there. Um, And I also do a lot of hunt and find letters. So whenever she's learning a new set of letters, I do a hunt and find letters as well. You know, open up the book find me the first, you know, G or find me the first H or something of that. But you're doing it by letter sounds. Exactly. I'm doing it by letter sounds. It's all very phonetic based uh, learning. Also, I'm layering in a lot of other books. So for example, Dr. Seuss ABC, great Mm -hmm. book to learn. Um, I ask her to, you know, whenever I get to a letter and I point to it, she has to then say the sound that it starts with mm-hmm. before I be, I continue to read. So it's just like, you know, those Dr. Seuss pages are very short, just one page. It's like four or five words that rhyme or four or five words that start with that letter. She'll tell me the letter and then I'll read the word, that type of thing. I also do this with the Alpha Tales. Yeah, Alpha Tales from Scholastic is a really great book. Yeah, and most notably at the end of the Alpha Tales, they tend to do this kind of almost like a poem. 
mm-hmm. where it's kind of this illiter- alliterative uh, poem of a bunch of words that were from the story that are now in this poem. And I always do a point and she has to tell me the, the sound before I continue. So she's getting that kind of repetition and she sees it. Sometimes I'll point to the wrong letter and then she's got to catch that I did the wrong letter, that type of thing. So I, I always keep her honest so she doesn't get into that repetition. Oh, I know a dad wants to me to say she has to pay attention. So trying to drive home that paying attention thing. Another thing I've been doing too is when we're doing read alouds together, if there's a word that she can sound out that's short, I'll I'll point that out to her and go, oh, can you sound this one out for mommy? And she's so excited to be participating in the mm-hmm. story. It could be anything. We were reading a, a National Geographic book earlier about uh, Greek gods and goddesses, and I saw the word God, and I said, oh, you can sound this out. And she did, and she was just so excited to participate. So it's another way to reinforce her skills without it being just quite so boring as the Bob books or the readers. Yeah, and... Two other things that I've been bringing in as well is that I have a really nice go fish card game that I will have in the show night show notes where it's, um, she'll say it's a duck, right? It's a duck. So instead of saying duck, do you have a duck? You say duh, 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 duck. Do you have a z, 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 zebra? And so we play this game where we're, we're saying the sound over and over again, and then we're trying to match the cards. It's, that has been a really big thing that we've been using the last about two, three weeks, mm-hmm. really helpful for her to kind of get all those sounds because she knows the animal that's on there, but she may actually not know the phonetic sound of that letter. Right. But because she knows the name of the word, she knows, okay, that's the phonetic sound. And I've actually been able to teach her some more phonetic sounds. We're only about halfway through the alphabet right now based on the, on the lessons that we've been doing, Mm -hmm. but she's actually been able to layer in a bunch of other sounds because we've been playing this great go fish game. And also we're using these uh, stamp tiles where, you know, if if you've been paying attention in the past few episodes, we talked a lot about the storytelling where she's writing stories. She's been using the stamps to like start the a word with the stamp letter that she knows she, that she's been learning in the last few days. So she'll we'll be writing a story. I'll leave that first letter off. She's got to get the stamp that puts that letter there. So that's another little thing I've been doing as well. So all these things I'm layering on top of the actual lesson plan of the curriculum, and I've had to do this just to manage her learning style that she needs to have a lot of different creativity, a lot of creativity coming at her, a lot of different avenues to learn the same thing before she actually can progress through the mastery of the program. Mm -hmm. So we've been kind of talking at length of how I've been managing the program. Let's talk a little bit about the cost of the program. So the cost of the program is about 80 to about a hundred and, $35 for level four, I think it goes up to. Right. 80 is for the pre-reading and then up to 135 for level four, which would be roughly fourth grade reading level. Uh, So, and then there's an interactive kit, which has these little letter tiles and uh, some separate divider cards and a couple of things in it. So that's anywhere from 22 to 44, depending on if you go with the deluxe. We we went with the regular kit and it's fine. The deluxe has an extra box and a couple Mm -hmm. things and we didn't feel we needed that, so so we didn't. One thing about this curriculum is you can teach multiple children with the same the same materials. The only thing you have to get new is the the student packet if you have a second learner. So that student packet includes the workbook and a whole extra set of cards because these cards are the the letters or the the sounds that you've learned or the words. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have your own file box with what they've mastered and what they still need to work on. So each learner would need one of those. But the student packets are 
anywhere from $25 to $54, depending on the level. So not really too bad. If you're going to use this curriculum with a successive learner, like we will be, so we would use this curriculum with our younger, all I'd have to get is a new workbook. I wouldn't even have to get a whole new set of cards, which is really terrific. Now, they also have a spelling curriculum as well. Maybe we'll jump to that just for a few minutes. Is what what is that? So yeah, they have a they have a complimentary uh, spelling curriculum called All About Spelling. So that's levels one through seven. Level one of All About Spelling corresponds to level two of All About Reading. So this is one thing that I, I like that if we want to lace in spelling, it's already going to go in a style that our children are going to be familiar with. So that's really nice. The price is really good. 30 to $40, depending on the level. And then again, you have the interactive kit with the letter tiles for anywhere from 23 to 45, depending on if you want the basic or the deluxe kit. So really affordable for the spelling and, uh, and it being in the same, all the same structure as all about reading, I think is nice if you're, if you're going to be pulling in a spelling curriculum. Okay. So, you know, we've been talking about a lot of curriculums in the last episodes and obviously we're going to talk about the pros and cons and being neutral and every curriculum has its pros and cons and a lot of those pros and cons are specific to the learner or to our family so you know listen to your what mileage may vary yeah listen to what we're saying understand what your learner is and maybe make a decision based on that um the first thing that you know the pros that we want to talk about is it is actually a good reading program i do like the curriculum it's very clear the book work is very the book design, the layout, the lessons are very helpful. They have nice prompts that you can use to, you know, use when you're teaching whatever to your learner. They're very helpful. It's very you know laid out in a very nice way. The cards are very durable. I've actually been surprised at how long the cards have lasted. I wish some mm-hmm. of the activities would last as long as the cards. Maybe I need to laminate those. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, definitely break out the laminator on some of those. <laughs> yeah. But the cards have been very nice. The word cards where, she, you know, she's learning how to spell, sound out these words, you know, very nice. And keeping them in the box, I think, has, you know, prolonged their life, you know, greatly. Yeah, they're done on nice, heavy cardstock. Yeah, it's on nice, heavy cardstock. Also, the lessons, you know, the directions I really like. Sometimes they go into depth about each little aspect and they kind of have an aside for the teacher, the 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 mentor, and the, whoever's teaching the program. That has been really helpful. Kind of they have this kind of like margin area where they give you some additional information. That's been helpful to kind of like go back. From the standpoint of a curriculum, it's very good. For us, I don't know if it's to the point where I would tell somebody to go out and buy it. So I want to talk a little bit about the cons. Yeah, I think it's I think it's difficult just where our learners at and some of the things. I I don't know. And we were talking about this before the show. I don't know that there's a reading curriculum that we would say is a perfect fit for our daughter at this moment for a reader who really wants to read, but might not be exactly ready to read. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, take it some of it with a grain of salt. Exactly. I I really don't think there's anything that I've had to build the thing that I know would work for her. And she's, you know, there might be a lot of kids out there that this program would work wonders for. You know, if your kid is a very good book learner. Or, right. I mean, it's very highly reviewed. It's it's, it's one of the best and, reading curriculums there and are. The, you know, there's a lot of families that are, you know, they saw great, great things with this. I've had to layer in a lot of extra stuff, but I think that's just due to my learner's style. And I don't want that to detract from my review here. Um, but there are some cons, you know, obviously the supplemental books 
were a little lame. Well, and one thing I would say, too, is we are, yeah. there are three supplemental books. They're nice hardbound books, unlike Bob books, which are, you know, those Paperback are going to disintegrate. Yeah. Actually, uh, I, the binding of the book, it feels like it's a textbook from like Right, college. they're really nice. Highly we high. are only in the first, we are in the first earlier stories, so... I'm sure that they, I'm sure they get much better. The early stories are not all that great, but she doesn't know all that many letters. So, well, also uh, you don't you know. do that many stories here in the first few lessons. So she kind of mastered that first story, kind of memorized it. So that's one of the problems too, I think, yeah. is there's only this curriculum is depending on the fact that you're going to do one lesson and go through it once or maybe twice, but not that you're going to have to continue going over this ground so many times. So so for those couple of letters she's learned, there's only one story in the book that she yeah. can read. So she just has to read that same story over and over, which is why we've pulled back in the Bob books as much as they are also very lame. Uh, we pulled those back in because it just gives some more variety to her, to the stories that she could read. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, they have these little activities that are part of the lesson that you tear out from the activity book. They don't last about very long because they're just printed on normal paper stock. Just, right. you know, you're just cutting things out of paper. You know, you do it the first time and then maybe the second time. And the, and that's all the mileage I get out of them. I, I wish they had a little bit better games that were incorporated in that. But maybe they didn't think that the learner at this age would be playing games. And since we're a game schooling family, I've kind of leveraged some of that mm-hmm. elsewhere. So maybe that's not necessarily a con, but more of like something that's unique to our family. Right. Um, then there's a bunch of things that I'm kind of neutral on. And again, I think these things are more in tune with our learner um, as opposed to some general criticism of of the curriculum. Um, But I have been struggling with blending sounds. Now, I've read this section and I've read the appendices on how to do that. And I've done those methods with with her on how to blend sounds. And it's been a, a struggle. And I think, I don't know if this is the common problem that most kids run into, but it does feel like this is the big problem that I've seen other people complain about this. I really wish they would have had some more activities or more options or more different things to do that help teach the child how to blend those sounds. This has been a big sticking point. I can get my learner through the first two letters, but that third letter and keeping her focus and her eyes kind of drift up and then she starts guessing. I wish they would have something that's a little bit more exciting, a little bit more you know, dynamic to help her get through that. Or help me teach her that, or maybe give me some ideas. I, you know, maybe an appendix, uh, appendix on, you know, if you're having trouble with this problem, here's some great things you can do, and just list them out. Right? I've been having, I've found I've had to go out to like the YouTube channels and f- find other things, or find print and plays, and see how other people have approached this problem. And I really wish they had put some of these, you know, sticking point workthroughs in the book that they just didn't do, and, and that's something I wish that was in there. Another thing that I, um, I I wish was a little bit more exciting in some parts. I know it's reading, so it can only be so exciting. But, yeah. you know, I described a little bit earlier a lot of the things I've done that kind of like spruce it up to make it a little bit more exciting. You know, a lot of the kinesthetic stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of the different methodologies on, you know, keeping it short and sweet and exciting and maybe flipping learner with teacher type of stuff. Those things have been really exciting to, to my learner. I, I would have hoped that maybe this curriculum would have maybe helped you with some of that maybe giving you a little bit more of that some games to play some games to play some different ideas that to approach things i just always wish they would help you a little bit more so i I felt a little bit out alone doing it so i've had to go out and do a lot of that homework on myself 
I was hoping that this curriculum would do something different than what I, the problems that I ran into with How to Teach Your Kid in 100 Lessons, the book. But I ran into the exact same problems, which was focus, attention, you know, commitment, you know, staying focused on reading the letters, losing focus from the learner. And I, I've run into the exact same problems that I had before. So it kind of feels like, well, that book was only 20 bucks. This was about 100 something. So maybe I should have just gone back to that book. And we were kind of talking about this before. Yeah, that, that book was super dry, though. And there weren't any stories involved no. in that book. You you had to supplement that with, you know, stories. Very, there was no very letter yeah. tiles. You know, we were talking about this. Okay, so that book was really affordable. But by the time you go out and you get magnetic letter tiles and you get cards for the different things. I mean, it's a lot easier with this program to keep an eye on what she knows and doesn't know because you have everything on these cards and there's tabs for your card box that say what they've mastered, what they're working on and all that stuff. So it's like, sure, you could hack it together from that book, but there is something nice about having the system all in place. And then you can add these extra things that you've done. But I think that overall, it's, I don't know how much money you're, you're saving and there is a cost to having to organize all of it. So I don't know. And also I know it now, like it's, you know, 2020 hindsight, right? Yeah. I could go probably assemble, uh, a reading curriculum that would do almost the same thing as this would do for about 80 to a hundred dollars, but I would still kind of be lost in the structure. And this kind of gives you that nice structure. So I've enjoyed the fact that I can say, okay, we're focusing on lesson four this next two weeks. And that's all I'm going to focus on. And I'm going to take all these tools in my little util- Batman utility belt <laughs> and I'm going to go and, and start using them. Right. And I don't have to worry as much because I do have this structure behind. If I was just kind of ad hocing unit studying it all the way, I feel probably kind of lost a little bit. I, I wouldn't know if I'm progressing or I wouldn't know if I'm doing, you know, I'm missing something. I, I'd be short on words. And so I do trust the fact that they have done all this, this work behind the, behind the scenes, you know, giving me all the right words I need, starting with these certain letters, progressing to these next letters. That has been really nice. So I'm kind of like on the on the fence. I was saying it earlier. I'm on the fence whether yeah. or not I like it or whether I don't because I am kind of an unschooling first type of mentality with the way I like things. But I I have leaned on the structure when I have run into problems to say, okay, here's my like you know my cane that I can rest on while I'm figuring out how to solve the problem that I'm running into with teaching her how to you know read this word or that word. I think that, uh, you know, we had a, a member of our Facebook group earlier mention that she really relied on, on YouTube reviews. You know, she, she followed a similar path mm-hmm. as we covered in, in the first episode of this series. And she spent a lot of time on Kathy Duffy reviews. And in the end, she ended up going to YouTube and that really helped her. I think that something like YouTube would be helpful in this case. If you're thinking about this for your reader, Really, this one and Logic of English are the two big secular reading programs. So if you're looking at either one of those, some of those in-depth YouTube reviews where you can see it and you know, you're listening to what we're saying, but when you can actually see the structure and think about your learner, it's, I think it can only be so exciting at mm-hmm. this early stage because there's just not a lot to work with. You no, got to get those building blocks there, but I think that could be helpful for folks. But, you know, in our late night vent sessions on the couch... <laughs> Where, you know, you have to talk me down off the ledge. <laughs> it does feel like with her, with the with the four-year-old, almost five, that she is ready. It's like a dam. 
and I'm pulling the bricks out yeah. and all of a sudden it's going to explode. And I really, I honestly, I mean, hopefully in the next 20 podcasts, I'll come back and say, yep, it, the dam got pulled and she is reading like crazy right now. It does feel like that. Like she We're has, on the precipice. I really feel yeah, like. She has this huge potential that's stuck up there and all I got to do is unstuck it. She's got like a little big beaver dam holding all this stuff back and she just wants to rush forward and go do all these things. I just got to give her the tools to get through doing these type of things. We saw these things with a lot of her other, you know, like with colors, right? We saw the same thing. Oh my thing. gosh. Our child was like the only child in preschool that just could not get her colors. It was, it was like a mental block. It she was. just, and, and we, we thought, well, maybe she's colorblind or maybe she's got some <laughs> other issues. I mean, she we were really red concerned. And blue and I thought maybe she might be colorblind. I mean, she could, she could count I mean, and do all these other things, yeah. but I mean, colors was just like nothing. And, at some point it clicked for her and now it's like psh, you yeah, know no she deal. can she can name all the different shades of the crayons so this is going to be something similar where we're, we're having a block and we know she wants to get through it we know how badly she wants to be able to read and you know she laments that she can't read right now mm-hmm. and she wishes she could she stays up every night after we put her to bed and she reads her picture books mm-hmm. that's how that's how into it is she, she wakes up in the morning and she doesn't get up right away because she's reading. She goes to nap. When she wakes up from nap, she'll catch her reading. She won't even come downstairs when she yeah. finishes. This is how into it she is. And she's she's frustrated too yeah. that she can't read. So it's so great that you are finding ways to make, connect the dots for her because it's just helping her achieve that goal for herself. And I'm sure we're going to be going through similar challenges. You know, as she grows older, you know, think about writing essays or you know, doing complex calculus or something of that nature. It's This is the first time, you know, outside of these curriculums, you know, a lot of these curriculums, you're just reading books, you're... It's you know, fun, we, you're doing we, art. We went on a nature walk. We doing talked a science about, experiment and showing her. Yeah. A lot of it is you giving her an experience, right? Yeah. She, not a lot of, I mean, you look at Blossom and Root or even Torchlight, there's not a lot of work required. I mean, yeah. other than her doing the art part and, and and that's that's all creative and fun and there's no real right answer to that skill. i mean she's learning a skill there but she is but there's no right answer right it's yeah. not like oh you know paint this you know paint with these colors it's, and it's like it. oh, there's no right answer this though. is this is wrong i mean it's not that way but with reading there's a right answer there's a right answer and, and so this has been the first thing i think that's really challenged her this way and this is the first time where instead of being her friend I'm having to be her mentor to help guide her through a very dark learning period. And, right. you know, you know, with the metaphor of the, the flashlight out ahead and we're just walking together, holding our hands and we don't know when we're going to get through this, but it's, you know, we will. And, yeah. you know, I have, you know, we, she's doing well, you know, okay. You, you know, without going too gross, but you know, we had this question with the potty training, right. And, you know, we had the late night event sessions, like all oh, this kid's never going to potty train. Yeah. And I had my buddy, we were out on the golf course, and I said, "I I can't get this kid to 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 do it." He to, goes, to have the desire to do it. He goes herself. Yeah. He goes, Matt. He goes, I don't know of a college student, college kid, you know, eighteen year old going off to college, who isn't potty trained. He goes, "It's going to happen." Right. right. Don't Just worry relax about, it. And, about it. And you know, it was kind of a silly analogy, but my goodness, like I took it to heart and I said, "You know, what? she will figure it out, and eventually she does, and it she just clicks." And I have a feeling reading is going to be the same way that I just mm-hmm. got to keep at it, stay positive, 
Don't get down. Don't let her lose interest. Yeah, keep it fun for her so that she doesn't feel that it's a chore. I mean, the last thing we want to do is squash any kind of love of reading. We're just we're just trying to help her get to the point she wants to be at. Yeah. So this is a long review of this curriculum. I I don't want to say I I don't recommend this curriculum. I'm on the fence. I really encourage you to, you know, listen to the review, listen to what we've been challenging, having challenges with, and understand that this may not be what your learner will go through. I I think that this should be maybe one that we do a follow-up podcast on because we are, I think you're in like lesson. I'm I'm a few lessons in. You're you're a few lessons in. and. I think it would be great to do a follow-up when we finish this and see how you feel. Time. Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. But that's but you're not very been... far through yeah. it. I think it would be great to do a retrospective and see Absolutely. where we're at now and the techniques that you're using. By the time we've reached the end, did you have to continue those techniques? Mm-hmm. Did this program really pan out? I think we're it's still maybe a little bit soon to, to call on this. We wanted to talk about it as everyone's looking for curriculum right now before mm-hmm. the fall. Uh, but... You know, maybe it's for, for us personally, maybe it's a little bit too soon to, to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I agree. Let's end on a positive note of what we're into this week. Yeah, we have been, as a family, all about World's Toughest Race, Eco Challenge Fiji on Amazon. And this, on Amazon Prime, this has been kind of interesting because it's... Well, I mean, we, we are always struggling for things that, that the we can whole watch. family can watch. My goodness, the whole family can watch. It's so hard to find programming that isn't exclusively for kids or exclusively for adults. I feel like whatever happened to the family movie. You know, they made a bunch of these in in the '90s, and we keep going back to movies that we used to watch then because they don't seem to make them now. Mm-hmm. If they make them, they're really, the really honey, lame. Where the Honey I Shrunk the Kids or. Yeah, all these movies, right? It's it's really hard to find something. So I saw this come up and I remembered Eco Challenge. I think the last one, they haven't done it for maybe 20 years. So it's a eight day, I think, grueling race day, yeah. with teams of, of four people. And they're from all over the world. This one takes place in Fiji. It's hosted by Bear Grylls, who's, you know, your survivalist extraordinaire British guy who's such a cheerleader and so nice very nice guy he seems like a nice guy he does he seems really nice the anti-gordon ramsay yeah (laughs) what i think is really great about this is it's showing our kids and i know that our oldest is taking this in these people have been through yes a lot and you know okay they've gone through the ocean leg and then they've done biking and now they're river rafting and they've been climbing up a waterfall and going through frigid waters and yeah. they never give up and well, they're they hurt keep persevering they're cr- you know they're they're doing these interviews and they might be crying because they've been you know they're going through this really dark moment but then they pick themselves up and they keep going it's it's such a great kind of moral learning for her so much teamwork it's it's really terrific she and yeah. she enjoys it i mean it's got your I think it's as far as reality television goes, yeah. not super uh, big on the pump up the drama thing. There's a there's a bit of it, but I think mostly it's about the challenge that these people go through. They're good teammates to one mm-hmm. another. There's not like a lot of there's no there's not bickering a lot of, or fighting. Yeah, all that it's, reality show they, drama. They try to keep it really positive. There's a little bit of like tension and drama like oh they're out at night what are they going to do yeah a little bit they do play that up a little bit like in the intro and the outro they play that up but during the the meat of the show it's all very like let's check in on this team let's check in on that team what are they going through and it's great because the our learner can ask questions about hey you know what are they doing oh that's stand-up kayaking or the what's a 
what's a billy billy right yeah it's it made out of bamboo bamboo rafts and they were having the, the locals were helping them so it's it's neat it's it's got a cultural aspect well and all the teams are from problem. all different places of the world so she's seen different types of people they have a lot of times they're speaking different languages like today was a lot about the spanish team right we're having to read the subtitles to her so that she knows so it's great for exposure it's great for sports because honestly we should have been watching the olympics right now and we can't so <laughs> <laughs> we're we're an olympics loving family here we love sports so this is something that's that's for that. I think it says um, maybe TV seven plus. I haven't we haven't encountered any bad language or I think, anything. I think whenever they've had a bad word, they've bleeped it out. Or I, they've, they, I don't they, know that there's even been one. Yeah, well, they there have been, and they just I think they make it silent. I've caught it a few times. Okay, because I have noticed. Yeah, so there's no language we haven't seen. There hasn't been a lot of like injuries. There's been a couple scrapes and bruises. Yeah, and but stuff. it hasn't been too bad. We're I think we're like three quarters of the way through it so far. It's something that we've been watching just in after the evenings, together, yeah. and it's just. It's been something that's uh, been fun for our family, and it's really hard to find good uh, good family entertainment that's new these mm. days. So we wanted to recommend it. Well, and also just as a second recommendation, if you do like this type of stuff, there is one on Netflix, which is Bear Grylls, You versus Wild. And oh, that's really fun. We watched this one, I think, last year. Yeah. And it's really fun because it's a choose-your-adventure, so Bear will be dropped into a certain, you know, let's say in, up in the mountains, and he mm-hmm. has an objective that he has to get to this place. And he's making different moves and, and you have to help him make decisions. And so you choose, you know, does Bear Grylls eat that really nasty mushroom or does he eat the bark on the tree? And sometimes you kill Bear Grylls. We've killed Bear Grylls a lot. <laughs> well, and what was fun was I let my learner make the decision. Right. That was really fun. And she was so excited. I said, okay, do you, you know, do you want Bear to eat those tadpoles in that really murky water? She goes, yeah, let's have him eat that. And eventually she realized that, you know, he, she's not like hurting Bear. He always got medivaced because he got sick or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was all uh, his, you know, him dying or something was he would basically eat the mushrooms. He said, and now if I'd eaten those, I would have been, I would have died or whatever. So it opened up great opportunities for you to have conversations, too, about nature and what was the right you know what was the right answer and why potentially there was a few of them that were like oh that could have gone either way yeah like there were a few that we didn't really know you know do i repel off this cliff when i don't have a good foothold or do i take on a mountain lion you were like i mean i don't don't know know. these are both bad options it sounds like you're in a bad situation bro (laughs) right so but it it was definitely a fun show i don't think there were too many episodes but um that was on netflix yeah so if you like if you like kind of the wilderness thing, so maybe check it out. It's either on Amazon Prime if you have an Amazon Prime account or if you have Netflix, there's some nice... Well, yeah, there's two different shows you can look at. And we'll put links to both of them in the show notes. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time, happy homeschooling! To pump you up. We're going to pump you up. Ariel, listen to me. (laughs) What is your kinder program? I need it. (laughs) You do a terrible Schwarzenegger.